Coming up on today's episode, another injury and another loss for the Jets. We break down game four and look ahead to a must-win game five in Vegas. Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. What's good and welcome to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rewicki or the podcast at Skates Plates Pod. All right, let's dive right into it here. A little bit late on Tuesday afternoon, but we'll uh, get right into our breakdown of Game 4, Jets, Golden Knights, Winnipeg. Now dropping three straight and facing a 3-1 series deficit season on the line in Game 5. Once again, plenty to get into from this one. And once again, um, not going to be a fun breakdown either. So let's do it. Let's get into it quickly here. Uh, Joining us once again, CJOB's Tyson Rewicki. Tyson, um, how we doing? The reason we're recording right now is because Tyson was uh what at the ring till 2 a.m and that's that that's gonna be a no-go for me <laughs> yeah no it was a, it was a late night last night but uh i mean i guess it kind of makes sense right last or potentially last home game of the season for the jets so yeah they, that, that would like it's weird because it feels like everyone's writing their obituary already which like you can kind of understand especially you know given the shafley injury um half a second into the game you're missing half your star playoff like there's just so much against them right now but that it did kind of feel like you know this is the end here and 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 if it is like a pretty monumental final home game for a lot of the guys on this team I mean, we don't know who's back who's not going to be back everything like that but i mean you're talking about some potential franchise icons some big name players like it yeah th- this if that was the last one kind of a shame that you didn't know going in that it's the last one and you couldn't give like an official recognition but we'll see if uh we'll see if the boys can find a way to force this one back to Winnipeg and that would be a hell of an atmosphere uh game six to have Jets and Knights in that one with uh their backs up against the wall there um but we got to talk about how they've gotten to this point game four Dropping another one to the Golden Knights. I guess first, Tyson, just I, just because I saw this. What do you make, now that they've lost this one, that the Jets' all-time home playoff record is 7-15? and 15. Wow. It's like, it, it, it's just, if you've ever been inside the rink, this one, I mean, the first 2.0 playoff game, some of the 90s ones, which I was a part of at the old Winnipeg Arena, and then even before, like, it is a wild atmosphere, but to have a winning record like that, I, I don't even know what to make of it. I I would like to see how many of those home playoff games to the other team scored first. Mm-hmm. Like, I wonder if there's just a an aspect where you have all this momentum and all this energy coming into the game, and then you give up a quick one in the first period, and then your team's kind of zapped. And I feel like that's like I don't I don't know I really you think that this team that multiple versions of this team would have been able to, you know, get the 500 at yeah. least. I kind of, I kind of screwed that up. I should have asked you what you think the jets home playoff record is. Um, so yeah, that, that was a bit of a whiff by me, but I, I do wonder how much of it is just the, like, I wonder how many home playoff series they've had where they've been the favorite. <laughs> like yeah. two ish. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, like obviously the Oilers, the Oilers and the Flames in the Smythe days. I mean, the Jets, uh, if if they were favored, it might have been in one of those series. Uh, the last one against the Red Wings, obviously Detroit's favored. But then even since they've come back, like they were the wild card against Anaheim, drop both of those. Um, the wild card against Vegas in this series, you drop both of those there. It really was just the for sure the series against Minnesota a few years back, and they won all three of their home games in that series. And then, I mean, maybe the conference finals against Vegas, you could have said that they were the favorite in that one. They went one and two at home. So it's, it's just interesting. I, I don't know if there's anything to it necessarily. Um, you kind of wonder if there's almost an element of you get too amped up and you kind of, I mean, we've seen some of these guys lose their emotions out there on the ice, but so like it, when, it, when, when there's a Super Bowl, sometimes players say we're too amped up and then we kind of fell flat because we were just, you know, too ready to go and in, in, in the energy drop, but just, just something interesting that the Jets, you would think one of the greatest, you know, advantages in terms of home ice in the entire NHL, and it, it's been anything but that for them record-wise over the last several years in particular. Um, but looking at this game, Tyson, game four, I mean, it was a it was a big hill to climb once Morrissey was out. We, we knew that. We talked about that after game three. I would say borderline impossible after the first shift of the game. Like, I mean, come on. It's like, it's legitimately insane. And I've I've actually, I forgot too that Cole Perfetti's out as well. You know, like not a a top line guy, but a pretty significant piece in your top nine for the Jets, no doubt. Like, I mean, there's been so many other injuries. You forget that they're missing a guy that was on pace for like 50 points this year. Um, But now you lose your number one. You're out your number one centerman, arguably your number one winger and your number one defenseman. It's it's almost impossible to beat any team, whether you're the favorite, the whatever it is. It's 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 just too much there, and you wonder like how much that game and everything changes if, say, Shifley scores and doesn't get tripped by Brassois there, and is you know what I mean? Like how like the butterfly effect of that is is fascinating, but that's not what happened. Shifley goes out. I'm gonna be shocked if we see him again this series, however long it goes. Um, and it was just too much for them to overcome. But having said that, man, I would say this is probably the proudest the Jets fan base has been with this team in quite some time because they battled their asses off in this game. Like, they left it all out there. It was just a talent disparity when you're missing as many key pieces as the Jets are, but they fought right to the finish, and I'll, I'll give them a ton of credit. would have been real easy to just lay down and die here, but they gave Vegas everything that they had, almost found a way to force it to OT, but just... Too much, too much in game four for the club. Yeah, and I thought one guy that really did step up and what could potentially be his last home game was Blake Wheeler. I thought Blake Wheeler played a very solid game in this one. He obviously scores the first goal in that one, one that, you know, you don't really see him get too many of those from, from that spot when he takes that shot. But you know, yeah, just, just to jump in quickly, Tyson, that, that wasn't a solid game from Wheeler. That was, that was a legendary vintage game from Blake Wheeler. Yeah. Like, that was a guy... That scene Shifley go down there basically knew there was not a whole lot left on this team up front. And he turned back the clock and played one of his best games in years, years. And he was inspirational out there. I mean, I, I was blown away at how he tried to put the team on his back and carried them through that. He was just so, so damn good. He was flying all over the place. I, I wonder how much he's got left in the tank for game five, but. You're right. Like if that if that's the last home game for him, he went out in a big, big way. It kind of reminded everybody, like you know what? It 
37 right now, but I, I had it at one point, and he, he had it and got it back in a big way in game four. And if they would have won, it would have been 100% on the back of Blake Wheeler. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and you know, over the past couple of years, there's been a lot of criticism. There's been a lot of questions about the leadership ability. But you know what, man? Like, coming into that game, and even this se- season as a whole, he's been asked to do quite a lot for a 37-year-old. And you know, like it's just tough when you're that when you're getting up and up there in age, and especially as a power forward, a guy who's more so known for driving the net in, the, in his earlier career, like it's going to take a toll on your body. And you know, you really did see like he left everything out there on, on the ice in that game, and it's just it's a shame if that's his last one because I I got I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie, some of the stuff that Wheeler with like, that had gone on with Wheeler the past couple of years irked me. I, in my opinion, that my tune completely changed this this season, and I think that with all that went down, getting the C removed, I, I don't, I really don't think you could have handled it as good. Like, not many players would have handled that as good as yeah. Blake Wheeler did this season. And you know, you so gotta, some, some might have been a little less graceful in terms of uh, in, ter- in terms of how they handled an emotion like that. But yeah, I mean, look, it, it's it's what makes certain individuals so compelling is that it's not you know black or white. It's a lot of layers of gray. Like there's there's definitely more good than bad in Wheeler's tenure here in Winnipeg, but like there was a lot of both. And a lot of the reason why the team is where they're at right now is, you know, because of issues in the dressing room that, that Wheeler was the captain over for a long time. Right. So like, there, yeah, he, he, he wears some of it, but I mean, when it comes to on ice play, like there was never a doubt in terms of energy effort, anything like that. When, when it comes to Wheeler, some of these other guys, yes, but with Wheeler, no, it was, you know what what's going on behind the scenes and, and different things like that uh but but he he brought that back in a big way in, in game four and you're right Taze. like i mean pretty quietly he went about having himself a borderline top line winger season in terms of production and what he did out there on the ice and and he could have mailed it in and i think a lot of people would have understood that but but he didn't and on top of that you know he's been an unbelievable ambassador for the city as well like he's 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 an all-time jet there's 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 no doubt about it you know, maybe not number from the rafter sort of thing, but definitely going to be in the Hall of Fame whenever, whenever uh, True North wants to put him in there. Um, so, I mean, we, we can talk about potential offseason moves and, and different things like that um, whenever the Jets season does come to an end. But at the very least, for one night, Blake Wheeler brought it back, and, and it was a pretty vintage performance from number 26 there. Um, one other guy that I think we, we should, you know, give a ton of love to, who, again, was given a lot of criticism throughout the year. But, but... Neil Pionk was outstanding in game three and knowing that the team had to rely on him for, for over half the game, essentially he brought it again. He was unbelievable. He, he was so, so, so damn good in this one. And that's another guy that, you know, you, you wonder what's going to be on tap for him and the club this off season. But at the very least, we saw the guy that, you know, kind of took the city by storm his first year with the team. Yeah. And knowing that you have to come up in a big moment, like, Though that's the one thing about Neil Pionk, and even going back to that Edmonton series, like he he does step up in the playoffs. He does he does elevate his play come playoff time, and I think that you know it's exactly what they needed. And it's just it's just such a tough hill to climb. Like, and I'm gonna gonna say it again: another D man would have helped a lot. Another top four D man there would have just to just lessen that load a little bit. And you know, like I I've been a Nate Schmidt fan this whole season, but he's just not doing as doing the same job that he did in the regular season that he did in the playoffs. And if you have that extra, it doesn't even matter if it's a righty or a lefty, just that extra second pairing D man 
so you can put Nate Schmidt in a better position to kind of be that extra puck mover with Dylan Sandberg. I think that would have been, it would have been ideal. And, you know, it's just a missed opportunity. Like uh, Nino Niederreiter trade, great trade. Nemestikov trade, unbelievable value. He's uh, exceeded expectations. But when a team, when you make your bed with the team the year before saying, we're sticking with this group, we want to, we want to try and, and, uh, and put more, more pieces towards this group to build a better team. And then when it comes time to add the most important piece that your team needs to succeed in the playoffs, you don't do it. And then now, I mean, you can't predict injuries, but you also kind of can. Yeah, right? yeah, you can, but you can, but you can. Like, they, you're telling me that there wasn't, I mean, you and me had, had conversations about it too, where we are like, you know, does Josh Morrissey look a little banged up here? And that was going on since like February where there were some games where he'd come off the ice slowly, leave the game for a little bit, then come back. Like there's the writing was on the wall a little bit there. And you know, you, you need that extra depth come playoff time. And look, Logan Stanley's had a rough season. It's, and then you go and plug him into the bottom pairing. Obviously he's not going to get much minutes. And so you're just at a serious disadvantage come this game with, with your decor. And the guy, I thought Dylan Sandberg had a nice bounce back game too. Didn't play. Yeah, he was really good. But like, yeah, I, it's just well, and, and you wonder. I mean, again, we don't want to do too much offseason stuff. There's, there's still at least one more game to go here. But you know, Brandon Dillon and Nate Schmidt. Like, what happens with them this upcoming off? Like, you would imagine if the club wants to tinker and retool as opposed to rebuild. Like, if you can get out of some of those dollars, give Sandberg an elevated role. I mean, yeah, yeah. And you wonder too if Neil Pionk has almost played his way back into okay, we can rely on this guy as a second pairing defenseman if he's going to play like this for us consistently i mean there's yeah a, a lot to get to there but i would agree especially for the kid like i mean we all know the nightmarish mistake that happened or at least nightmarish outcome off of a mistake that happened for dylan sandberg in the previous game and he it didn't look like it affected him at all like he was just all right same same old same old like let's bring it here he was still aggressive i mean there was one play in particular try to remember who the vegas forward was but he came in kind of, you know, in transition through the neutral zone, right at around the blue line. And it was just like coaches pouring gap control, right? Like right at the blue. Like it was just like, oh my God, Shevsky. Like it was just so perfect. Pokes the puck right off his stick. And then I think Wheeler went back the other way for a great scoring chance. Like he, he was, he, he's been on. Like he just had one really tough play, which is unfortunate. But good to see at least that he's able to push that behind him, bounce back. And, and super, I mean, Bones again being the beauty that he is, called him late, late, um, I guess it would have been Saturday night, late Saturday night, just to check up on Sandberg. It's like, hey, man, like, it's going to be okay. We're, we're relying on you. We're going to be good here. And he, he he delivered in a big way. And I, I mean, again, too, the, the Adam Lowry line was, continues to be this team's best line, <laughs> which, you know, shocking to an extent, but also not surprising because they've been so good for so long here. And, and they were the ones kind of providing the energy in a big, big way up front along with Blake Wheeler in this one. So, I mean, a lot of the the usual suspects continue to play really well for the Jets um, on a positive aspect of this series here. And unfortunately, though, <laughs> down 3-1, could it be a fair bit of negatives? And, I mean, it, you don't want to make generalizations or sweeping declarations off of just one game. But I did find it intriguing that, you know, Mark Shifley misses essentially the entire game after the first shift. 
And in a sense, you get a glimpse as to what life could be like with Pierre-Luc Dubois as your number one center without Mark Scheifele in the mix. And for one game, at least, it was not a pretty future. I mean, there was... Uh, I, I, it just wasn't a good night for him. And I don't even think the intensity level was there at a super high, uh, super high point either. You know, I think Dubois and, and Kyle Connor. It was I, I saw somebody on Twitter put out the milk carton with Kyle Connor's face on. I mean, that was that was a little rough. But there, there's no doubt when they needed their top guys, whoever was left as their top guys, to step up offensively and, and make a big play or two. Both Dubois and Connor were they, they were just invisible in this one. Um, but I thought especially a really really disappointing night from from PLD. Not much of an impact on the score sheet, and then. Just freaking turn your brain on for one second, my God! It's just like the penalties are just—it's. <laughs> like, I, 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 what do you what do you say to him? The, you probably don't even say anything anymore because, like, what we all know it. Bones knows it. The players know it. It's like just, just like, can you get your head on straight for one second? And that I, that, I, that leads to maybe the the ultimate backbreaking goal for the Jets. Not not a power play marker officially, but you know, puts the club in a massive, massive hole. Yeah. No, I. I it sounds I'm just kind of done with them, to be honest. Like you have all this non-committal to the team. You're sounds it seems like you got one foot out the door, even going back to the end of the season. There's wait and Connor too, but to a, a lesser extent, there's too many games where it's just invisible. You just ghost mode. Like, and as a guy that's as big and as strong as he is, he, he doesn't use it to his advantage on a cons- consistent enough basis. And you talk about the penalties too. And we can even mention the the Jets' second goal there. What are you doing? Like, like, like when when you mean when Dubois tries to whack it like fifteen feet in the air? Yeah, like it, like you, you there was a very short, like he barely missed that puck, and it's not even close. Like, it's just a total lack of awareness and yeah. and situational awareness. And you, talk about the penalties too. There's been at least is it, has it been one in every game? At least the last three, for sure. Yeah. Like, and you're just, you can't do that. Like, you're you're supposed to be this team's star, star player. You're supposed to be the guy that drives the bus, that controls possession, that can take over a playoff game with his physicality and his net driving ability. And he just looks like, doesn't look like he cares enough. I really, well, like, let, looks- let me ask you this, Tyson. <laughs> Again, we don't want to do offseason talk too much. Um, right now, PLD says, I'm willing to sign eight years Nine million. No, don't want it. Don't want it. Interesting. I don't want him. I'm not. I'm not saying you're right or wrong. It's just yeah. It, it, I, yeah. Interesting. I think I, a lot I, of. I think a lot of fans are probably, probably in your boat right now. That uh, yeah. That they wouldn't be, wouldn't be vehemently against um, a different location for PLD next season. And and the the one thing to add on that too is that it's not like he's on a like like you mentioned not like he's on a long-term deal right now he's on a one-year deal and you still have to prove your your full value in this league and that this is what you're doing what's it going to be like when someone gives you the bag like is it is it going to be are you going to be completely dialed in 100 percent when you're making nine and a half nine mil a year i don't i don't know and i'm just i'm just kind of just like I'm, I'm trying not to completely lose my cool right now, 
but it's just you try you try not to pull a PLD on PLD. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm I'm showing a little bit of restraint here. Oh and, no. Yeah, like you know what? I'll I'll just leave it at that. I just don't think I don't really necessarily want him on this team next year. And I think that whatever you get from in a trade package is going to be more beneficial in the long run than keeping a guy who and hey he signed a long term deal. Who knows how long he even wants to stay? Like who knows? Yeah. Like. You don't know if he's gonna if he's gonna just pull the same card and be like, oh, I don't like what's happening here. Send me to Montreal. Like, I, I it's too much of a it's too much of a headache issue to deal with. I I'm good just moving on and trying to trying to build a team with that's kind of fits the style more. Yeah, it, it's I mean it's a shame if it goes down that way because he's what you want and at, at the top of your lineup, like physic like six three two whatever top pick of the draft skill speed phys like right like it's it's got it all but just hasn't just just hasn't worked out for him re- really anywhere so far so yeah i mean a lot of the concerns and doubts that you bring up there are are completely valid um yeah just just a shame it really is a shame that the jets couldn't have got a whole playoff series with shifley dubois invested ready to go focused it just for for whatever reason it was never going to happen for this team um yeah and you wonder you wonder how previous years might have been different and how specifically this series against vegas would have been different if we got both of their a games night in night out through the first four games i would say you know probably pretty confidently it would not be a 3-1 series lead for the vegas golden knights right now um did you want to touch on one more thing before we switch gears no no, i'm okay okay all right you you just you're ready to go like i saw you were kind of you know, on, on the tips of your toes there. So that's good. I like that. You're on your game. I can appreciate it. Um, so now the series shifts over to Vegas. Game five. I mean, <laughs> there's not really much to break down. There, Everyone's hurt. Uh, who knows who, like, I mean, nobody knows what's going on with Ehlers. I don't even want to talk about that because it's just like bizarro world. I, 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 do, I do want to say one thing quickly. I think at this point in the series and how everything's gone with the injuries, you have to be transparent with your fan base. You, you well, they, they well, they well once the season's over. But that, to like, me, that's not, I, I don't think that's good enough because like this is a do or die. And you had a guy who said that he's good to go. And it's so weird. Up. And that's it, the whole yeah. thing. Like, you need, if, if he's legitimately hurt, like, and I'm not saying that he's not hurt. I, no, no, no one knows. That's what's like you right. can speculate I, on on either side of this. It's just it, it is kind of ridiculous that they're Especially being so with how transparent you were with Morrissey immediately after the game. To, like to me, that this is just a super weird situation, and it's you so have weird. you have to give the fans at least a little bit of insight to say, you know what, he's too banged up. It's his blah blah blah. He can't go. Like enough of this. Enough of this trying to play coy. Like this is. It's stupid at this point. Well, if he can't go in game five, like just do you not just ice him for the series? You know what I mean? Like it's well, that's, what I, that's what I mean. Like just, I just don't understand. Yeah, I don't know. No one knows, and no one can really say because we don't know what the injury even is. So that like there, you can't even speculate because we everyone's just in the dark here. And so this is what happens when you don't uh, provide any information to anybody about what you might expect. So who knows with the Ehlers? I I'd be shocked if he's in the lineup, but I thought he'd be in, you know, heading back to Winnipeg. But I mean, now, I mean, who, so I, I've been wrong every step of the way. So who knows? Um, how, how hopeful are you that the, that we see, we see a game six and another home playoff game in Winnipeg this year? Uh, that's correct. That's the correct answer. Good yeah. job. Tyson. No. <laughs> I think, I think- 
I think they'll come out strong. I'm not gonna like they'll 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 bring in good effort. The one thing though is that Brassois is so shaky. He's so shaky. Yeah. Like, you, you can get a couple past him. You, I, I, I would. I'm not usually a big fan of quantity, but you've got to just come out in Vegas and you got to throw everything on net. What doesn't yeah. matter where from he can't. He's really struggling. Like really struggling. There's a, there was numerous shots in that game where he doesn't even know where the puck is. He, same in he, game three. Same yeah. in game three. Like it's. I would like yeah. This look. It's. I don't know what the percentages would be here, but I imagine teams up three one are like what ninety percent in terms of going on to the next right. Like so, the odds the, the odds are completely stacked against the Jets on top of the fact that everybody's hurt. But like when you when you've got question marks in goals still, and Brassois was like he got the job done in Winnipeg. That's great. I I don't think it's over just yet. We've seen teams before pull off some pretty impressive feats when it looks like everything's against them and there's a bunch of injuries and everything like that. And um, I, yeah, I'm not going to say it's over just yet, but Dubois Connor need to have a pretty epic game in game five in Vegas. I mean, they're just, I, I don't think you can expect Wheeler to do what he did again in game four. It would be great, but I, that, that's asking a lot out of the guy. They need Dubois and Connor to be out of this world and they probably need Hellebuck to steal one. Like it might have to be a shutout. So yeah. it's not, it's not impossible, but it's looking impossible at the moment right now. Um, I don't think we see it get back to Winnipeg. If it does get back to Winnipeg, though, that's pretty juicy. Like home ice, game six, and then you head back to whatever, you know, anything can happen in game seven. So, hey, let's let, let's hope we get one more at the very least. And hopefully, you know, just finally see a playoff win on home ice in front of the fans for the first time in what's been way, way, way too long here. Yeah, um, I, I got a question for you. What do you do with this? If Like assuming Mark Shifley and Nikolai Ehlers aren't, aren't going to be suiting up for game five what what do you do cry <laughs> <laughs> i mean you put you put dubois and connor together for sure right i, I don't think the lines changed you know too too much from from what stenlin we saw there. there what's that you keep stenlin up there i think so because you don't want to split up the lowry line at this point right I think realistically, the Lowry line just becomes your your second line, and then Stenlin, Wheeler, who you know, Nemestika, whoever it's going to be, whoever's still standing to that point. Kind of, I mean, you can kind of split ice time there, but I think if anything, you just elevate the ice time for the Lowry line and and hope that they can find the score sheet and and, and you know help provide some production there. But your options are pretty limited at this point. There, there's not a whole lot of great solutions for this team. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Like it's. Just... <laughs> Yeah, you're kind of grasping at straws at this point too. Like if Jansen Harkins comes in, fills in on the fourth line there. The like I wouldn't mind seeing the fourth line get a little bit more minutes in this next game. You know, they didn't really play a whole lot. Like Alex and Axel Janssen Fialbi only had about four and a half to five minutes in that game, one shift in the third. Um Gustafson didn't have didn't play a whole lot. Like it's I think it's yeah, they're chasing it at that point. So it's right. it's, it's yeah, it's tough. To, I mean, I don't know. If if Dubois Connor are at twenty five minutes to be honest, I'm okay with that because I, I just don't think you're going to get a whole lot of goals out of this lineup. Yeah. So that, that's probably your only chance is just you know lean on lean on the top guys that are left and just hope hope only one gets by Carter Hellebuck at the absolute most and you can squeak one out there. Uh, but we'll see what happens and we'll break it down. Um, I believe it's Thursday, right? Game yeah. game five in Vegas Thursday. So we'll we'll break that one down for you guys to close out the work week Friday morning. 
no matter how late it is, because I don't think you're working that one. So we should be able to get that one in at some point. Hopefully it's not the final post-game recap of the or of the entire season for the Winnipeg Jets. Um, but quickly before we go, Tice, in a couple minutes here, a few more teams are on the brink as well. After a maniacal Monday night in the postseason. And wouldn't you know it? Never in doubt. But one of those teams is the Tampa Bay Lightning. Which means the Toronto Maple Leafs are one win away. From getting the monkey off their backs and winning a series for the first time in 20 years. That was insanity. The game was off for me in the third period. So to see them tie it up. And you know, have it on OT was just hilarious. But they're 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 finally away this time. Like, is is this it? Is this it? Is it is it too crazy to say that whoever wins Game Five is going to win this series? No, no, <laughs> not at all. Like, it's I'd say that's fair. It's going to be because like, if, if Toronto can just roll through this last one, and uh, like Tampa's got their decor super banged up right now. Like Chernak's still out. Hedman's obviously dealing with someone, and even Sergachev took a big shot literally crawled off the ice in that one like he, he, you gotta assume that's that doesn't feel great for him today right like so it's gonna be yeah like if they if toronto could come out and really just give it to the lightning and just close it and be like we, we're done we did it now we can move on now it's now we got the momentum on our side we know that we can win a series against a top level team but man like if tampa gets that one game all of a sudden it gets very oh. interesting, and at least fans know it too. Like they're not oh. even they're, like they were like it was like it was funny. Listen, they were like, "What happened? Like this, this happens against us. How do we react here?" They went from that to like, "Oh God, we're gonna blow this instead." Like there's not they can't even enjoy it whatsoever. But like the craziest thing to me is, and, and it like there's something about like round numbers and things like that. But the Maple Leafs in the Austin Matthews era. Do you want to guess what their record is in terms of series clinching opportunities? Well, I know what the first number is. Yeah, <laughs> you sure do. <laughs> oh, for go. nine. Oh, my God. Which means if they blow this series, they'd be an even dozen. Oh, for 12. And like, there's just something like, uh, I don't know. I'm just, just saying it. But yeah, I mean, that's you, you can't ask for a better opportunity if you're the Maple Leafs here to get out of this one early. And just like slay the bee, slay the dragon for the first time in forever. I kind of want them to mainly because I want to see Toronto Boston in, in round two, which is going to be like, that's, that's some epic hockey right there. So yeah. I did pick them like a genius in five, but <laughs> I don't think it, everyone's just excited. Like, you almost want to see Tampa score first just to see how the Leafs react to it. But that, yeah, that game five is going to be absolute must watch TV. No doubt about it. Um, so I nailed that one. One of the ones I didn't nail though, the Rangers Devils. Your Devils never, are fighting away. Never lost faith in my Devils. I've, I've always been firm on the bandwagon. I've never said anything bad after game one and game two. They're they're coming back. They're coming back to go for a perfect perfect bracket. Try and go for a perfect bracket so far. Like, man, wakey, wakey Rangers. Like, they just... That, At home in MSG. They didn't show up. That was bizarre. That was a weird one. Yeah, the Devils are looking pretty, pretty high right now. Um, and on top of that too, to, oh, sorry. I, I just wanted to mention, just going back to that Toronto game quickly. There's a, did you, were you listening to the intermission at all? I don't know. With, with, with what the Derek Lalonde said about Bachelet. Oh, I saw it on Twitter. Yeah. Very interesting. That's a very, 
I, and first of all, I I'm, I'm surprised. I don't know if I would have said that out loud. Like yeah. you, you say the quiet part out loud, man. Yeah, like that guy. That guy might have got one, you two cups, and gotten you a head coaching job too. Like that's a little. That's that's some. It's very interesting to hear a coach come out and say that and bring something. Like I don't. Not a lot of people. I'd say most people have no idea about that. But you know, you go back and kind of look at the goals and and some of the chances that they're getting, and they're. They're doing what exactly what Lalonde said. It's, it's it's interesting. I wonder like what the contract clause is for a lot of NHL coaches when they do go. Well, you could say, you could say whatever you want, right? Like it's not his team. It's just like I don't know. Wouldn't you rather keep that one under wraps? Like yeah. you play in the same division as them. Like I might be like, <laughs> you know, we 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 we. There's one weakness we know of Asilevsky that I won't mention. Said he's like, hey, everyone, this is how you beat him. So that was yeah. It, it, I mean, fascinating information either way there. Um, quickly, the the other series on the night. Seattle, Seattle's looking pretty good, man. Seattle might get it done against the defending champs. Yeah, and I mean the McCann injury is going to be tough. I I I don't buy the dirty play. I think it's just kind of like it's a penalty. You lost track of it. I'm really unfortunate. I think he's. Result. I think he's going to get a game. Really? I think he should have got it. I think he should have been kicked he out of the major. He should have gotten, and then that would have been enough. Yeah, but like I don't. I, I how do the refs? <laughs> like like how do you over? How do you look at that multiple times and be like? It was okay that he hit him 10 seconds after the puck went away and he smashed his head into the boards. Yeah. Like it. Yeah. Like that's going to be Jared McCann is such an underrated player and a great, great move by Ron Hextall there to, to keep Jeff Carter on the penguins over Jared McCann. Another, another feather in Hexy's cap. And he lost Brandon Tanev too. (laughs) Like my God, what a clown. Oh, well, it's just that four check. I think like they're, they're just a, a super deep team like they don't have the necessarily like the top line austin matthews connor mcdavid mckinnon level player but they got a lot of really good players on that team and if you, you, you know who they kind of remind me of who vegas in their first year yeah like they i don't think it's if they get past colorado ah man un- unless it's edmonton seattle's looked really good like, I don't know how many teams I'd be picking over Seattle right now if they keep this up. Especially so. after having to face Minnesota or Dallas after that exactly. just hell series. Like, it could be. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. That's been a beauty so far. We get at least two more games out of that one. So we'll keep an eye on that as we move forward here. And then uh, Wednesday night or Tuesday. Today's Tuesday. Sorry. Today's Tuesday. Three games. We get Kings Oilers. As the late one there. Still haven't listened to us, Tyson. They haven't put Islanders Hurricanes um, at the 9 o'clock p.m. slot, even though, you know, nobody cares about that one all that much. They do the Jets, though. Like, that's another thing that's stupid. 8.30 local start time. Like, come on. Yeah, it sucks. It sucks so much. But what are you going to do? Better better than no playoff hockey. So we'll deal with it. Um, But, yeah, that's where we'll cap off the episode here. We'll get ready for game of the season for the team. Can they find a way to stay alive in game five in Vegas? Can they grab another win on the road and bring it back to Winnipeg to make this one really interesting? Uh, We'll break that one all down for you guys when we get back at it at the end of the week. Until then, though, thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki, CJOB's Tyson Rewicki, joining us once again. Like I mentioned, we'll get back at it Friday morning, either breaking down, 
one more game for the Winnipeg Jets or put in a recap on the end of the regular season as they take on the Golden Knights in Game 5. Until then, though, enjoy the rest of your week. Have fun and stay safe, everybody. Peace.